naniniwala ako na yung kahit sinong mamamayan pwedeng mag-research. No? Um, at bawat isang mamamayan, bawat isang tao may kwento at may kakayanan na maintindihan yung mundo na ginagalawan niya. This podcast is co-presented by EasyDex. Right now, it's difficult to navigate the world of decentralized finance or DeFi. That's why EasyDex is rolling out a series of solutions to make finding and managing the best DeFi products as easy as just taking out your phone. Check out EasyDex now. Hey guys, this is Matt and Lance, and you're listening to Project Offbeat, a podcast that helps you explore careers outside your usual corporate setup. In today's episode, we're getting a renowned researcher who is the brains behind the Citizens Budget Tracker. Lance, do you know what this is? <laughs> Grabe bro, sobrang helpful na to ah. Sobrang oh, helpful talaga nito bro. To, to anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's a publicly accessible Excel file that shows the details of the Philippine government's COVID-19 budget and spending. Uh, that helps ensure accountability and transparency. Siyempre naman, di ba? We need this from the government, accountability and transparency. He also founded the Move As One Coalition, a movement that is composed of, tama ba to? 140 plus orgs, plus 77K petitioners, advocating for a safer, more humane, more inclusive public transportation system in the Philippines. Several big names have already responded to the coalition's recommendations, such as, Uh, Senator Sonny Angara, DPWH Secretary Roger Mercado, and Undersecretary Catalina Cabral. You know, in a more personal note, Matt, uh, I think you've, you've really laid out, um, you know, everything, every credential that we could really note of for, for our speaker today. But on a personal note, he's also a research faculty in Ateneo, now with over 27 publications already under his name, diba? And I think what ties everything together in this impressive resume of this speaker that we will have today no, is the power of research, diba? which is the main of beaten career that we want to talk about today. Diba? Parang, how do you use research for everyday use? Diba? Do we need mm, research yeah. even after we graduate college? Diba? <laughs> Can research be a full-time career or is just part of a job that we all have today? Diba? These are things that we want to talk about in our episode today. The, 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 the life of a researcher, right? the off-beaten path, of doing research, you know, uh, to actually mobilize change. You know? Our guest today is none other than Kenneth Abante, and we are thrilled to have him and his wisdom on the show. Welcome Yay. to the show, Ken! Good, Good evening and welcome to the show, Ken! Maraming salamat, uh, Matt and Lance. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for the really, really generous introduction. Um, Community po lahat yan. No, it, it's, uh, you know, uh, it takes a village to do research. Um, and it's so important to, to know that it's not just me who's actually undertaking these, uh, these studies and research, but really a whole community, a whole village. <laughs> so, but, but thank you. Thank you for the very generous introduction. I'm very happy to be here. No problem. Well, uh, I guess research is such a vague term for all of our audience listening right now. Let's lay it out, no? What do you do as a researcher? I, I, we mentioned something about the Citizens Budget Tracker earlier. You can talk about what kind of res- what your research focuses on as well. So yeah, lay it out. Let's, let's uh, inform our audience on what you do. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So, so the type of research I do is called research. 
So this type of research tries to look at policies and systems that you need to change in order to improve a public outcome. So things like, how do, you, how do we ensure that we recover equitably from COVID-19? That includes you know, not just COVID-19 tests or vaccines, but even things like Ayuda, it's like uh, transport, better transport services. Uh, and then making sure that three major questions are answered you know, in, in these research questions. So first is, tama ba? No, is it correct? Is it based on the, the, the best scientific evidence that we can find? Tama ba also in an ethical and equitable way? Are the problem owners, the people who are really closest to the problem, benefiting from the policy change? Uh, is it equitable to those involved? So, yun yung first question. Tama ba? Yung pangalawa, kaya ba? No? It's not enough that you're scientifically correct. It's important that you make sure that the policies that you enact are implementable. Is there budget? Is there staff for it? Do they, enough they, do they have enough time and skills and resources and support to be able to push for that change or to implement that policy change? And the third question that we answer in policy research is, so supportahan ba? And this is where a lot of people normally, uh, normally forget uh, that this is such an important and integral part of uh, policy it's not enough for you to be technically correct. It's not enough for you to be administratively feasible. It's important that you get the support of the decision makers and the support of the problem owners who are eventually going to uh, feel the effects of this policy. You know? So will the policy pass? Tama ba? Kaya ba? Susuportahan ba? At kung hindi kaya, kung hindi tama, susuportahan, paano magiging tama? Paano kakayanin? Paano susuportahan? So that's the type of research that we do. Uh, and uh, that's the field I'm in. So in, in policy research. And, um, so itong tatlong points na to, no? Tama ba? Diba? Kaya ba? At susuportahan ba? Do you always start with these three big questions before you launch any research? Kasi kunwari sa work, lagi papa papa fill up ka ng brief or papa fill up ka ng outline, di ba? Ganito rin ba kayo when you do researching, uh, you know, for, for change or for policies? Yeah, normally, normally, Lance, the, the research process starts from a pain point coming from, you know, a vulnerable segment of the population. So, for example, the COVID-19 budget tracker actually started because my... My aunt and my cousin, who are rural healthcare workers in the province, couldn't get their personal protective equipment. So while we were able to get donations for them, uh, and um, Vice President Lenny Robredo actually gave PPEs, no, shame first official to actually to actually give PPEs to my uh, to my family members who are healthcare workers. The next question was, "Hindi ba may budget para dito?" Shouldn't there have been a system of budgeting and supply chain management such that even my aunt and my cousin who deserve PPEs, 
because they're protecting us. Paano ba magkakaroon ng protection yung mga frontline healthcare workers? That's how the budget tracker started. So most of the research we undertake come from a very personal place. So, uh, and these personal experiences are always shaped by political choices or uh, politicians ignoring and not making sure that it's a priority uh, in, in terms of our, uh, in terms of the public institution supposed to serve us and are funded by our taxpayer money. So, hindi siya, hindi siya brief, uh, hindi siya briefing. Normally, nagsistart siya, may napakalaking problema. Naranasan ko to. Gusto kong malaman kung bakit nangyari to. Hindi lamang sa individual, pero sa mas malawak na sistema na nag enable ng ganong klaseng kawalan ng serbisyo. So, yun yung, so that's how it, how the research process normally starts. Mm-hmm. Doon pa lang parang iba na siya sa academic research, no? Wherein, sa academic research kasi, di ba, magpapasa ka ng tatlong thesis statement na interesado ka to your prof. And then, mag siya. And then, you, you know, you do your project, di ba? So, ito talagang, you know, yung vulnerability, you, you mentioned it earlier, ganda. Ganda. It's very problem-based from what I can observe, no? Can you, like, take us through a typical research project? I assume... Take us through like the timeline. How long do you actually prepare for the research? What methodologies do you use? I'm not sure if it'll be, be a little complicated for our audience now. Pero, I mean, uh, we'll do our best to, <laughs> to understand. Yeah, um, sure, sure. So, one example of our research project that we, we, we made. No? So, coming from you know, the desire to track the budget, Right. It was important for us to get to know not just the the numbers on the national budget, but really how were these contracts executed. So the pain point there was it's important for frontline workers to be supported and family members. And therefore, it's important for the public to get to know whether the contracts were executed correctly, mm-hmm. whether they were bought at the appropriate prices, whether the quality of the contracts was good, uh, and whether it was the, the transactions were advantageous to government. Okay, so what we did after that was we tried to explore what publicly available data sets for contracts. So we were able to find in the government website around 20 billion pesos worth around actually 36 billion pesos worth of COVID-19 contracts. Um, at that point, it was August 2020. Um, so we, we wanted to track what happened to our money by studying government contracts for PPEs, for, uh, for tests, for, uh, for even goods like relief goods or ayuda. No, for families. So we wanted to, to understand that. So what we did was we also tried to refine those research questions by looking mm. at what is possible to, uh, to, uh, to analyze. No, what, is, what research questions do we want? Diba? Na, na mentioned ko na kanina, price, quality, 
but were they were they advantageous to government? And then we'll try to match that with the data that's publicly available, and therefore we can analyze. Um, and you know, we saw the, those 36 billion peso contract. Uh, so medyo marami-rami siya. There were more than a thousand contracts that were available online. We couldn't possibly study them all. <laughs> Kasi konti lang kami sa team. So what we did was uh, we understood the types of documents that were available. So the, these were you know, purchase orders, notices of award, um, the procurement plans uh, of these different transactions. We tried to understand parang sample lang ng isang kontrata. Tingnan natin end-to-end. What, this, what is included in this order? What is included in a notice of award? We saw that quantities and quantity and price data were available. The descriptions were available. The supplier information was available, uh, among other things. So those are things that we can extract from the data set. And therefore, we can refine the questions. So, so yung mga tanong namin, yung price, were they bought at... Uh, at uh, prices that were advantageous to government, are the are the publicly available tables? Do do the data sets here concur with right. what is actually written in the contracts? Mm, yeah. We also looked at document quality, uh, the value, the duration, etc. And then, uh, what makes it policy research is we have a recommendation, no? a recommendation that we through now those three questions that I mentioned a while ago. Diba? Tama ba? Kaya ba? Susuportahan ba? So, so we also, so in that process of analyzing it, uh, we consult a lot of people. So people from, you know, auditors, former government, state auditors, uh, data scientists, people who know procurement. We, we talk to uh Healthcare, uh, healthcare industry professionals, because we don't know what what mm. reference prices we should use to know whether something is reasonable, reasonably priced or not. Um, we don't. Uh, we we also ask. Um, we basically ask a lot of people to to help us and then uh, give us advice throughout uh, that research process, uh, and then uh, we present it to uh, to key stakeholders. What makes research like this really controversial no, uh, and, and even very sensitive, mm. we have to be really careful about what we put out. Because no, it's not just for the safety of our research team. If, if you say something that's unfounded or is unfair, then attack the team. That's part of research ethics. Exactly. Make sure that your team is safe, especially with a with a political issue as as hot, as sensitive as COVID nineteen procurement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so so we we go through a lot of um, what we call social preparation. So, in social preparation, we have to make sure that when we release the report, we also ask agencies that are actually in charge. No, we we run the presentation through them, not to censor what we say, because that's not what independent research is supposed to do, but to make sure that we we correctly and fairly represented what was in the data sets that they own. 
Um, so part siya ng fairness check. And then we have internal presentations. And then we went, we were even invited to a government event to present research, which makes it, uh, you know, so social preparation is so important. Hindi ka pwedeng maglabas ka lang lang maglabas ng research. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, unfounded research can be harmful. Uh, lalo na kung hindi tama yung pres- presentation mo ng facts. So, and it can be harmful not just to the research team, but even to, you know, committed public servants who will have to pick up this, the pieces and explain uh, to the public kung ano na yung, kung, kung ano ba yun, yung pumutok man na issue na yun. Right. Actually, parang what I'm noticing is that it's very similar to the work that journalists do in a way that you have to keep continually check with with you know expert sources or reliable sources of information but just to summarize no what you earlier said was um you first identify all of the variables you first like understand i guess what goes into a contract what goes into policy and from now that you know all of the variables that's when you can investigate explore uh, understand if uy okay ba tong value na to okay ba yung valuation mm-hmm. na to etc then base your recommendations on your three questions from earlier tama okay. got it got it yes nice yeah. uh, can can i have a question down right um matt summarized it so nicely earlier but then you know iniisip ko kuno rin nung covid-19 i don't know how many people reached out to ask for like donations para you know they can they can do their own charities and they can you know supply um you know uh, PPEs and whatnot, diba bakit mahalaga pa muna na mag-research instead of, you know, what if, you know, just gather the, the funds, right? Gather funds from your friends and families and then help immediately. Di ba? Anong pinagkaiba kung you start with research? Di ba? Instead of, you know, quote-unquote for the people that are more active. Di ba? O tara, tulong agad tayo. O tara, solve agad tayo. Bakit yeah. uh, kailangan mag-research muna? Yeah. Actually, there's space for both. Eh. There's space for both emergency response. Uh, and there's also space for things like you know policy policy engagement. Both are needed in our society. Um, I guess uh, the reason why I uh, and many friends who are part of you know our movements are interested in research uh, in this type of work is uh, is the sheer skill of what you can move in terms of resources that only government can provide. So, for example. Um, hindi ko alam kung magkano yung donation sa COVID-19 uh, pero something y- yung what what private sector can mobilize no syempre mas konti yun kasi yung budget ng gobyerno ay 5 trillion pesos 5 trillion pesos so that's what government can move uh, that is you know more than 20% of our economy Uh, GDP. Um, so that's that's you, uh, and that's why it's so important to engage that process because it's such an important mover in the economy. So I think some of the some of the largest multinational corporations, uh, like like Nestle, di ko alam kung what percent of GDP sila or something as as an entire company. Uh, I forget, uh, but it's uh, it's definitely smaller. Then, uh, even the largest multinational corporation than government, uh, government spending, uh, and government has the responsibility to uh, to 
uh, push uh, and make sure that our public services reach us, the taxpayers who fund government, uh, and the voters who elect our leaders. Diba? So just just the sheer size uh, is important. Kaya dapat mas maraming nakatutok sa uh, sa sa budget or sa policy or sa mga galaw ng gobyerno. Uh, Lance and I and definitely our listeners have a really good idea of what you do, what the world of policy research is. But um, we're kind of curious. Like, how did you discover this world of policy research in the first place? Like, what? Uh, like, is there a particular moment that kind of like sparked your interest? Na, yeah. Yup, this is oh, the research I'm gonna parang, do. Yeah, parang like, is there like people who actually dream to be a researcher? <laughs> You know, when policy child, researcher, yeah. <laughs> oh, a policy researcher. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, Lance and Matt, I never dreamed of being a policy researcher. Um, uh, most of the most of the exposure I had in college were um, were you know also multinational corporations. Okay, I'm so I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast uh, to uh, to talk about careers that are not often uh, explored. No, but it really started, I guess, when I entered government. And the first, the first project that I ever entered into was to pass the Syntax Reform Act of 2020. So it's a law that increases taxes on tobacco and alcohol so that you can fund universal health care. Yeah. The, 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 sticky, the sticky thing about that is that the politics of it Sobrang hirap. <laughs> Sobrang hirap niyang mapasa. Uh, uh, because the tobacco and alcohol industries are so powerful in the Philippines. No, you have, you know, for you know, tobacco comes bribing Congress. You have, you know, uh, San Miguel Corporation uh, being funded from the stolen Coco Levy funds from the Marcos dictatorship. Uh, and you have all of these relationships uh, in in both the government were appointed uh, by some of these industry lobbies, uh, politicians that they bankroll, uh, and they're so hard to change a law. Uh, so, so ang ginagawa ng mga kompanyang to, they, uh, they influence the policy process and try to make sure that the taxes are as low as possible or as advantageous to them as possible. So what has happened is that youth tobacco prevalence went to almost one-third, as in 33% of young Philippines smoked. One of the worst in the world because our tobacco prices, cigarette prices, are among the cheapest in the world. So here comes, <laughs> here comes this uh, uh, motley crew of uh, reformists uh, from different sectors. Uh, that I got exposed to in civil society called the Syntax Coalition. So these are healthcare reform advocates, patient groups, patients, economic reform advocates who were lobbying government. And I was in government at that time, so I got to work with them. Uh, and I saw the power of research because some of the some of the epidemiologists or the doctors who were here, and even the economists who were here, were making such compelling presentations in the Senate, in the House that eventually helped us get to pass the bill. 
we won by just one vote in the Senate. That's how wow. tight. The Congrats, program. bro! <laughs> yeah, that's Woo! how tight the the fight was. No, and it was it would not have been possible okay. if you did not have that strong civil society group pushing government, pushing us, uh, and government as well realizing that it's actually such an important reform. Uh, and you know, you have the support all the way up to then President Aquino pushing it, uh, Secretary Purisima, who was my boss in the Department of Finance, pushing it very hard, career servants doing it. Uh, and uh, kami, our, our small contribution was staffing in Congress. So I used to staff for some of the senators whenever this bill was being debated and deliberated on in, in the Senate. Uh, and we used research to make sure that whenever someone asks questions about the bill, we have ready answers to give them. So I think that was my first, I think it's a, it was a life-changing moment. Uh, it ended up to be a very impactful law. In fact, one of mm-hmm. many public health advocates considered it to be among the biggest wins in public health in the Philippines uh, for decades uh, because it lowered our tobacco prevalence from a third to maybe a fifth. Uh, it, it increased our insurance rate um, not, I'm not sure kung 30% ba yung baseline to around yung PhilHealth coverage now maybe around nine, more than 90%. So, um, it lowered deaths from non-communicable diseases. Uh, so again, it's such an important law. It seems so boring because it's tax. But it's actually so impactful for the lives of you know, everyday Filipinos, especially those who can't afford to be in hospital. Uh-oh. So... So, policy research. <laughs> so that's how powerful it can be if used for, you know, the the public good. All you need is like one moment, no? One, one, you know, point in your life that hits you right to the core, like like what happened to you, no? Grave. Now that we know how you kind of discovered this world of policy research, we wanted to know, naman, what is your why? So very philosophical question, but what? Is your mission and goal in doing policy research and continuing to do um, all of this? I guess, quote unquote, boring, boring stuff. No, know. <laughs> like, right. wh- what's your mission with this? Yeah. So, if you could also tell us, like, as a, in your personal goal, you as a personal, and of course, your goal for you know making this as a movement. Yeah. Um. So my. My dream is uh, really a world that is more just and fair. Um, hopefully, we can see a world free of poverty and uh, you know more acceptable levels of inequality in our lives. Um, and the mission, therefore, is how do we empower ordinary citizens to fight for that change? And there are many ways to do that, including giving, uh, making sure that they know their rights, they know how to fight uh, and organize and push and be involved in the political structures and systems that shape our lives. So nasa kamay nga talaga ng ordinary mga men. And you know, the research that I do, the public service that I do, 
the organizing that I do, the training that I do, all of that fits into that larger goal. No, uh, I've given up on, you know, five-year career plans, ten-year career plans. Wala na ako ganyan. For as long as it fits that general goal, uh, then it's something I accept. Of course, there are areas where I think I am, I have a better comparative advantage at. So things like you know, policy and systems research, I think fairly, uh, I'm fairly good at that. Uh, and uh, that's something that I also studied for graduate school. Um, I think, I, I think I'm, a, I'm a, teacher <laughs> and I have fun I have fun uh, I have fun nerding out I'm a, I'm a nerd um, I enjoy discovering new things I enjoy talking to people and discovering with people I enjoy uh, talking to people who uh, who seriously want to make a better change in their lives um, and want to fight for uh, a better world um, that's also I think based on you know faith Um, and uh, you know, it's something you know. My my faith tells me uh, it's 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 so important. You know, the um, uh, it's important to also note that I was a scholar <laughs> all my life. So uh, I, the generosity of others has always sustained me. Uh, and you know, I I feel uh, you know, man, uh, I'm not forced to do it. But it's something that I am, I really, really want to do. Dahil bukal sa loob ko yung nagpapasalamat ako doon sa sa Diyos na, uh, na nagbigay sa akin ng lahat ng to. So, that's really something deep. Um, even deeper than that dream. Um, so, yun nga eh, parang uh, kingdom here on earth, di ba? Hindi lang heaven, di ba? But as it is on earth. Tama, so, tama. So it's, uh, it's important to fight for that here as well. Ken, Ken um, I, I think what I've noticed so far no, is that um, so far what we've been talking about, you're using a very casual lingo. You know, parang talaga para, you, you mentioned kanina, di ba? Research para sa mga mamamayan, you know, a just world, di ba? Um, and, and you mentioned... Uh, you're a nerd in itself, no? Diba? Siguro, I, my, my question lang is parang, um, paano kung, kasi marami sa audience namin, Ken, they're just, you know, they're, they're like listening to, the, to a podcast once they're commuting home, you know? They're like regular Filipino. You know, you, you talk about uh, Filipinos that just want to take a break from their work, di ba? How would you explain research to them? Para sa mga, um, mamamayan no para sa mga Pilipino how do we you know push or or how do we you know explain what the concept of research is um and and how it actually creates so big of a change um yeah. to our country yeah yung yung research kasi proseso 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 siya ng pag uh, pagdidiskubre ng katotohanan diba it's to try to uncover discover truth Uh, you search the you search for the truth. You try to uncover the relationships between things. Does A cause B? Is A related with B? Uh, is there another factor that uh, that that pushes for either of these? 
No? So, and that is intimately connected to our everyday experiences. So, hindi, naniniwala ako na yung kahit sinong mamamayan, pwedeng mag-research. No? Um, at bawat isang mamamayan, bawat isang tao, may kwento at may kakayanan na maintindihan yung mundo na ginagalawan niya. So everyone has the capacity to do that. Not just people who are uh, in, in universities. Uh, the ordinary person can understand the world that he or she lives in. But all of us, no, even, even people who are educated, need guidance. <laughs> Lahat natin kailangan ng kasama. Lahat hmm. natin kailangan ng, uh, ng guide. No? So for example... Yung, ating kasama, yung kasamahan na, na nanood ng ating podcast ngayon, stuck siya sa traffic. <laughs> diba? stuck, stuck, stuck siya sa traffic. Kakaasar. Araw-araw na ginawa ng Diyos ay stuck ako sa traffic. Nakakagalit. Diba? Galit na galit na ako sa traffic. Pwede tayo mag, magsimula doon. Bakit kaya? Bakit kaya matraffic sa Pilipinas? Uh, at bakit siksikan yung mga tao sa commute. So we can use research to actually uncover that. And that's part of the research that we do in Move As One Coalition. So, coalition nga po kami ng mga organisasyon at individual uh, na sumusulong po para sa isang ligtas makatao at para sa lahat na sistema ng pampublikong transportasyon. And apparently, the main reason why, one of the main, major reasons why sobrang sa Pilipinas ay ang mga kalsada natin ay ginawa para sa mga mayayaman lang na may kotse. At hindi natin binibigyan ng sapat na espasyo ang pampublikong sasakyan, mga siklista, mga commuter, at mga naglalakad. No? So, take any highway that you can possibly imagine. You, you will always have more space for cars than for people. No? At kapag tinignan natin, di ba, ikumpara natin yung isang bus sa isang kotse. Ilang, ilang, ilang kotse lang ba yung katumbas ng isang bus? Mga dalawa. Dalawa at kalahate. Ganyan. So, imaginein mo sa isang transfer lang dyan yung dalawang pasahero at magdala sila ng sarili ng kotse. Mas traffic na sa Maynila. Mas traffic na sa kung sa anumang anumang, anumang lungsod na tinitirhan mo. So that's why with the research, with more reading, we, we find out that in fact, what's important, it, it's actually important to reframe the question. Yung problema hindi traffic, ang problema transportasyon at mobilidad. Paano ba natin pinapagalaw ang mga tao sa ating lutsod? Diba? We shouldn't move cars, we should move people. So dun pa lang sa insight na yun, marami ka nang, marami ka nang magigenerate na parang interesting. Oh, okay. So bakit nga ba hindi protektado yung mga sikatin? Diba 5% lang naman ng household sa Pilipinas ang may kotse. 20 plus percent yung may bisikleta. Uh, 95% walang kotse. Uh, bakit ba hindi protektado at mas maraming space yung binibigay natin para sa bus? Bakit maraming tao nagsasabi na bus yung dahilan dahil traffic sa Manila? Diba? Doon pa lang sa insight na yun, Ordinaryong mamamayan, pwede niyong masabi, oo nga, and therefore I demand. I demand a better budget for bicycles. I demand better public transport supply. 
I demand better pedestrian uh, crossings. I demand wider sidewalks with trees so that I can breathe. I demand better benches and better green open spaces. So, yung laban ngayon, nasa, nasa ordinaryong mamamayan. Tayong lahat na nagsasama-sama para isulong yung pagbabago. Ang ganda. Tapos may mga, may mga tolls pa, no? May mga tolls pa sa mga highway. <laughs> so, parang yung 5% ni Ken kanina, baka naging serving like Siguro yung Skyway na. Kunti pa. Perhaps, Kunti pa. Exactly. Afford yung pool. Exactly. Grabe. Uh, you know what I noticed, Lance? It taps into the desire of people to improve their the 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 condition of their lives, basically. No? Na you identify a problem, you understand why that is a problem, and how you can make it better. So, mm. I don't know, it's so inspirational to, to, to hear that from you, no? Pero, I guess... Another question could be, where can they get that information as to understand like uh, why this is a problem? No? Um, are there any tools, uh, any websites that you would generally check or recommend to our listeners no, to, to look into? Because it's just difficult, Ken. Parang, parang usually, mga tao, uh, yes, they can be curious about something. But what do they do first? Facebook. Okay, Google. <laughs> Facebook, Google, Twitter. Bakit Twitter na ngayon pinaka-reliable? Eh, Baka nga TikTok. Ken, eh, <laughs> Baka TikTok. No? Paano sila magsisimula? Paano, paano sila magsisimula maghanap ng uh, solid na answer? Oo. Kaya, kaya yun yung sinasabi ko, Lance and Matt, na mahalaga talaga na lahat ng tao involved dito eh. So, hindi lang pwedeng researchers yung nagpo-push. Dapat kasama mo yung, dapat may mga allies ka sa media. Diba, na naglalabas ng kwento palagi. And you will see, over the past two years, Lance and Matt, the quality of the stories on public transportation is markedly different. Diba? May kita mo sa maraming, maraming journalists that we've worked with and who have written stories about commuters and have attended many of our uh, sessions. Diba? The way that they write is much more attuned now to transportation economics and science. Uh, yung nasabi ko kanina, yung moving people and not cars. Yung the idea that there's a transportation shortage. And in fact, hindi totoo na kula, uh, sobra ang boost sa EDSA. Hindi totoo yun. <laughs> kulang, kulang na kulang. And you know, one of the reasons, and that journalists can also very, very quickly verify the lines. <laughs> It's such a It's such an obvious indicator na kulang na kulang yung public transport. Haba ng linya. Siksikan sa public transport. So, who says na sobra yung bus? Diba? Sobra. Uh, kulang na kulang, in fact. And kulang na kulang yung pondo. So, so yun, yung engaging the information environment mm. uh, by yeah. coordinating the uh, having media also talk to the researchers in our coalition um, so, so that the reliable sources of information have the key points. Uh, and thankfully, there's a much greater share now of stories that are pro-commuter and not just, you know, for, you know, for motor vehicles. <laughs> and even government agencies are starting to, to, to change. You know, there's an actual program now in the Department of Transportation called the Active Transport Program uh, that did not exist a few years ago. Uh, and 
one of the reasons that that group exists now is because we fought for that budget for it. You know, so one interesting factoid sa public transportation is one of the reasons why there's such a huge shortage in public transport around 2.9 daily trips, daily passenger trips um, in metro in Greater Manila area alone, yung hindi na serve uh, timely. Uh, one of the reasons why there is a large public transport shortage is because we have not invested in our buses and our jeeps and our cycling infrastructure. 2.8 trillion pesos yung binudget para sa road-based programs and infrastructure. 1% lang yan, or 40 billion pesos, ang binigay para sa road-based public transportation. 99% Pagpapalaki ng, pagpapalawak ng kalye, road construction, widening maintenance. <laughs> Saan napunta yung pera natin? Di ba? Um, at bakit hanggang ngayon na napakaraming pera yung ginugol para dyan, mas lumalapay yung traffic. And that's also shown not just in the number of public transport trips that have plummeted since 2016, uh, you also see it in price information. The transport shortage. Sobrang taas ng demand, ang baba ng supply. Kaya yung pamasahe natin, ang taas-taas. Uh, and we actually need to move. You know, um, you know it's another interesting factoid is a third of trips that passengers take are less than three kilometers. Half of all passenger trips are less than, 50, are, are less than five kilometers. So 50% less than five, 30% less than three. Mm. So we have to switch those car trips na three kilometers and five kilometers so into cycling trips and walking trips uh, and bus and bus trips and public transport trips. That'll may mapapa-evaporate niyan halos half ng traffic uh, if you measure it by cars and motor vehicles. So that's I think that's the the data coming from from other countries that I think I I bet it's also the same for the Philippines. Yeah, that's actually a lot to take in, no. Pero parang <laughs> napapansin ko rin na ano na in the past two years, it's also when people are implementing the bike lane. So parang I do think that your what your research is doing is impacting people on the ground also. So, uh, uh, sure. Boskin, uh, you mentioned yes, you boss. had like allies, allies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> allies in media, diba? Like uh, I'm not sure if you're you're free to disclose that. Like um who are who among our media people are like um there for uh, you know for yeah, for so, you to may transportation beat naman ng bawat isang you know major media outlet, you know, CNN, Philippine Daily Inquirer, Star, uh, ABS CBN, CNN, um you know, Radio Veritas, uh uh, GMA uh, attends uh, some of our briefings, you know? so you you build those relationships mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with yeah. that helps you know make sure that the system uh, you know favors people-centered transportation and mobility, people and nature-centered transport and mobility. Um, so yun yung yun yung ilan sa mga uh, media friends. Namin, that we actually really do appreciate their help. Uh, and then 
uh, lalo na ngayon, 'di ba? Kasi inaatake yung media ng uh, ano, so pinasaray yung ABS-CBN, uh, harassment suits for Rappler. Uh, it's so important to stand with journalists now. Uh, kapag may kapag may request sila for interviews, game kaagad kami. Mag-request ng paradyo sa DZRH interviews. Game yung coalition, di ba? So, uh, important to to continue to field, you know, the voice of ordinary commuters, ordinary cyclists uh, in the discussions of, you know, national importance that affects us all. Ken, in terms of the work that you do, and the work that you do can be quite complicated or can be quite niche, I would say. In some circles, no. Do you hear any misconceptions from, uh, you know, common people, normal people about the work that you do? Do they have any misconceptions, any myths that you often hear about, you know, about policy research? Yeah. <laughs> can um, can yes. myth ba yung bo- boring ang research? <laughs> sobra exciting. So myth yun. Myth yung boring. Malang siyang boring pero sobra exciting niya. Uh, na, na na interesting kasi kapag kapag na kahit sino pala pwedeng mag-research. 'Di ba mawawala yung barriers na yun eh. 'Di ba? You can take part in you know in even a small part in these research activities. So for example, you can be so one one very important thing na yun nga eh, you, you don't have to necessarily be trained uh, although important na may training to be able to to write the papers. Pero in engaging and being a part of research activities, you don't really have to have training. In fact, many of the best insights that we're able to generate from our research comes from the research that's in the community. No? Mm, yeah. um, yung pinakamalalapit talaga sa, proble- sa, sa, sa problema. No? So, yung mga members ng Transport Workers Unions, nakatrabaho namin. Diba? Um, hindi sila trained researchers pero yung ideas sobrang galing kasi araw-araw nilang nararamdaman yung problema. And therefore, they have among the best ideas for how to solve these problems. I think what many people, isa sa mga greatest myths is in, in research is that it always has to be quantitative, it has to be complicated, it has to be complex for it to be a good research. But in fact, no, just literally ask a representative sample People who experience the problem every day, you you get a lot of insights from those and respect the knowledge that comes from the community, you know, and and attune your ears and your hearts to listening, you know, to to those to those insights because normally that's where the that's where the most brilliant ideas come from, you know, coming from ordinary people facing uh, their their daily challenges and and problems they have the best ideas even better than you know the the, the most trained technical analysts diba? so kaya mahalaga nakasama sila doon sa proseso ng pagresearch number one myth no? so super exciting niya super fun niya marami mo tututunan tapos pangalawa <laughs> kahit hindi ka trained in fact you have to attune your ears and your hearts to who, who, who are better uh, who are better equipped to actually answer the problems. And it's not you, the technical expert. It's the community who knows how to solve their problems. Minsan kailangan lang ng konting, konting guidance, prodding, questions. Pero 
bukal sa kanila yung yung knowledge na yun. Ken, you mentioned research is fun, di ba? Research is, you know, there's just so many discoveries out there. I guess, um, to be very transparent with us, no? Ano naman yung pinaka-challenging part? Ooh, ng naging, good question. Nang naging buhay mo as a policy researcher. Because I'm sure there's a lot, right? Pero, you know, out of all of these, saan ka pinaka-nahirapan? Ever really... Kasi, yung pag nag-research ka kasi, diba, you interview a lot of people, you do the quant stuff, but most policy research is mixed method, method stuff. Meaning, you have some quantitative analysis. Mag-analyze ka mga data, mga numbers, ganyan. Pero marami kang kakausapin ng mga tao. Super na-enjoy ko yung pagkausap sa mga tao. <laughs> uh, it, it, it drives me, it sustains me. It also gives many many new friends come from uh, come from those community listening sessions. Um, and, you know, what the, the most challenging, honestly, is sometimes, you know, some of the people that I get to meet through my research are harmed. No? Um, or, yeah, uh, not because of the reason, no, but uh, but because of things that they experienced in their life. So there some of their vulnerabilities. No, um, so halimbawa, one of the reasons why I uh, I wrote a paper on my master's thesis was on customs reform. You know, Bureau of Customs, one of the most corrupt agencies in government, according to social weather stations. Uh, but it's getting better now. No, but the reason why that was my um, my paper was because the deputy commissioner whom we worked with before was shot and killed. Uh, one of the, there are so many ex- examples of those types of, those types of experiences that I, uh, yun talaga yung napakahirap. The, you develop these really good relationships with people who genuinely want uh, and you get to meet them and the uh, some point or another they're they're harmed or their circumstances just change drastically uh, and um, masakit sa loob ko yun. Uh, so yun yung yun yung isa no? yung pangalawa i think yung the 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 government does not seem to like critique uh, or people who dissent or people who tell the truth because sometimes, sometimes the truth can hurt, uh, and and people are using you know disinformation to suit their personal or political ends. Uh, but in research, you can't have that. It, 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 you have you have to be committed to telling the truth. Uh, of course, there's a possible way of doing it. Yung sinasabi ko kanina, yung social preparation, yung example ko kanina. Pero uh, pero mahirap yun. Mahirap to navigate that. So imagine if we only had a better a government that allowed for the flourishing of these types of critiques. Um, mas mas magbubloom yung research environment sa Pilipinas. <laughs> uh, so mahirap yun. Mahirap yun. Always having to try to watch our backs. Uh, although, of course, we have to be responsible about what we put out. Um, so marami ring marami ring difficulties, marami ring difficulties. Um, and uh, we 
just need to persevere, I guess, uh, is, uh, is the message. Um, and we have to be very responsible with the research that we because you know, you know, policy research is a public good and it affects many people. Uh, and therefore, uh, it's important to be, uh, to be very prudent about the process and the, you know, the, the fairness of what we put out. You know, I, I think Lance and I have learned a lot about what goes into your work, policy research, how our listeners can actually do some sort of research themselves, how they can get started. And also like very touching uh, those challenging moments that you've uh, encountered in this, in this field. Uh, we really appreciate all of the insights all of the small facts and trivia that you've shared with us today. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> we really thank you, you know, for taking us off the beaten path. Uh, definitely an offbeat path. We've, we've explained it before. It definitely fits it 100%. No? Um, so yeah, actually as our ending, no, can you let people know uh, where you are now, what you're excited about? Yeah, um, I'm still very excited about you know, the movements that we're pushing, you know, uh, one interesting thing is, you know, it's, it's kind of, my, my research is kind of a hybrid model because <laughs> uh, I do policy research, but I also make sure that that research gets into the mobilization. We mobilize with coalition. Uh, and um, I'm most excited about these new initiatives that we're, we're doing soon with the budget, you know, uh, in the budget, we're training new young budget leaders to become better at pushing for the budgets that they deserve you know, from, you know, disadvantaged sectors. I'm very excited about that. You can check out our uh, Citizens Budget Tracker and We Solve Foundation pages for those. I'm super excited about the things that we're doing with the People's Budget Coalition, where we're basically pushing for a trillion pesos. <laughs> in uh, in COVID nineteen in, in better COVID nineteen uh, recovery packages, um, so far we've been able to push for just six percent of that, uh, around more than sixty billion pesos, uh, around hundred billion if you include unprogrammed expenditures. But there's still nine hundred billion we need to fight for. Uh, we're excited to push for that in this election and then the twenty twenty three budget um, and mobilizing with you know, ordinary Filipinos pushing for change. Uh, in Move Us One, I'm super excited about our transport talks. <laughs> so we're talking to presidential and vice presidential candidates. Um, we just had one this morning, actually, with uh, Mr. Mangondato and uh, uh, his vice presidential candidate. On Friday, we'll have one with Leody de Guzman and Walden Bellio. Um, Last week, we had one with uh, Mr. Montemayor and his uh, running mate. Uh, we're doing those soon. Uh, we're excited to you know, push for these mobility and transport programs. Uh, about a lot of things. <laughs> um, I'm excited about the elections, um, even if it sounds daunting. Uh, it's always a great chance to refresh uh, and uh, you know, push for the changes that we think we want. So I'm excited about me. Uh, and I want to make sure that we have, you know, a rosy future <laughs> ahead of us. Agreed. Us as well, no? Pero ayun. Uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to 
um, volunteer and you know help out with your policy research. research. How can they contact you? Um, yeah, um, so feel free to message our Facebook at Move Us One Coalition, uh, Citizens Budget Tracker, We Solve Foundation, People's Budget Coalition. <laughs> so all of these different movements that we're part of, um, feel free to message them. You can also follow these accounts on, uh, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll give you uh, some of these handles after after for post-production. Um, the, and uh yeah, email us. Uh, like send us send us a message. Uh, one of our civic engagement teams uh, will be uh, will be happy to to explore partnerships and there are opportunities to volunteer. So we're always open uh, to to volunteers. And Lance. kayo, Matt and Lance. Oh my! <laughs> palang ay. Lance, I think I think we got a message soon. <laughs> Alam mo na, alam mo na, Matt, ha? Pagtapos, pagtapos na ito, part na tayo ng civic engagement team na yan. Na, sabi niya. Yes. Push. Well, as a, ano, as a, as a, as a, as a cap to this wonderful, wonderful offbeat episode, can you tell us in your own words, in one to two sentences maybe, uh, what's your take on taking the offbeaten path? What's your opinion of you know, taking the off-beaten path. I think paths are paths, <laughs> whether they're beaten or off-beaten. Um, and you can, uh, one, one very important lesson that I learned from one of my favorite professors, see, Dr. Darwin Yu, was that no profession, no path has a monop- monopoly over service. Uh, so you can serve in any field that you're in, you can even serve in corporate uh, to make sure that your workers are paid well, or that uh, you know the the value that your company has really adds value to you know to to to, to people's lives. Um, so a path is a path, uh, and you can also uh, make a lot of meaning impact in the path that you choose. But what's important is you're clear about the general direction that you're heading towards. And you always have friends who can tell you whether you've strayed the path. Uh, and people who can tell you honestly, Hey, balik ka, balik ka. <laughs> Ito yung tamang direksyon. Um, so a path is a path. Uh, no, no path is a monopoly over service. So... I think it's it's important to set that general direction. For me, that's making sure that there's a uh, a more just and equitable world uh, that is free of poverty and has acceptable levels of inequality, <laughs> not like what we see now uh, in a world that will you know be better for our for our children, uh, given the many existential threats that we face now. Like the climate crisis, the uh, nuclear war, uh, you know, the next pandemic, uh, and um, you know, it's important to enjoy the path uh, with the people that you're with. Galing, galing. No path has a monopoly over service. Uh, so thanks for listening to the show. If you liked our sh- our episode, follow us on Facebook, IG, LinkedIn, and YouTube for exclusive content. That's at the Project Offbeat. 
See you in the next episode and here's to taking the off-beaten path. Bye, guys! Bye! Salamat! Maraming salamat, Matt and Lance.